Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw. The only part of the podcast you're listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve Larson. is almost shot. Shut up. No, don't and jinx we it. we have a lot to do Don't today. jinx it. We're, getting, we're into high CPM territory. We're in like the Black Friday area of holiday sales. Yeah. Advertisement revenue is up. Oh, I can't. Turn out as many videos as we oh, can. Oh, man. I'm going to run some ideas by you. So oh, much wow. content. Oh, short so week much we money. Holiday this week. No, I'm just talking about through December. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Just pump out, pump out, pump out. Um, they all be podcasts because those are the real money makers there. I know, man. You think I don't know that? I know that. I hope you know that. Anyway, you better know that. This is Going In Raw. We're going to talk about NXT TakeOver today. But before we do that, I want to remind you, you can support Going In Raw at the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Got all sorts of reward tiers, including live access to live streams that nobody else has access to. Um, chat trivia access where you can win an autographed card. Like a wrestling card autographed. We'll Not have by our, wrestling, uh, by yeah, by us. We'll have our first uh, tournament of champions on Wednesday. That's right. Very exciting. So those of you who have won chat trivia thus far, they'll participate mm-hmm. and nobody else. Yes, correct. We're also available at Pro Wrestling Tees tomorrow. Tomorrow is the beginning of the big, huge Black Friday sale at Pro Wrestling Tees. That's Wednesday. We'll say Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's Wednesday. The twenty second. This is supposed. This is going up Tuesday morning. Yes, very early Tuesday That's morning tomorrow. And also, you have that shirt. Show that off. Hey. Also, hey. The, the You're not me. Cold water Larson shirt. Design's done. Is he uploading yet? No. Ooh, no guarantee. Today, it'll be up then. It'll be up during the course of the sale. At some point, it should be up yes. during the course of the sale. I'm gonna try to upload it today on Monday. Awesome. Very good. I should try to get a new going and raw shirt up. Yeah, didn't you do that uh interdimension tension style yeah, one? I'm not huge into okay. it. Not huge. I have a couple other ideas. Alright, yeah, I we need another going and raw another design. going and raw design. I can do the fun wrestling one but in going and raw style. Oh, that'd be cool. That like actually raw, be really neat. Raw the chrome letters and going in in the script. Oh I like that. Oh that'd be really good. Okay. Do it. I'll do it. Anyways. That's our show. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Now, we're going to talk about TakeOver now. Yeah, that was a fun show. This was probably my favorite TakeOver of the year, I'll be honest with you. Because it was 
Look, they always have great matches. Yeah. But this had not just great matches, but the spirit of goofy WCW, which is obviously where they got war games from, the spirit of goofy WCW, I feel, was in this show. In addition, it had the blow-off, well, what I think is the blow-off, to what is probably my feud of the year. I can see that going on. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I, really. I think could. Yeah, based on Velveteen Dream's reaction after the match, where he was kind of nursing his injuries, but also kind of smiled. Right. I can yeah. see this continuing. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I could see it, I could see it either way. It's uh, so good. I would hate to see it I don't, end. Yeah, I, no, my thing is this. It's so good, it needs to end. See, I think there's more they can you they can know the, You know the adage, leave them wanting more. Oh, I understand that. And then revisit it on Raw. But I feel, like, I feel like there's more they can get into. Yeah, I loved it so much. Anyways, we'll uh, kick it off. with They They had a fantastic opening package. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I watched that again this morning. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm cleaning up around here. I'm getting ready for the podcast. Let me turn it back on. And, uh, and I guess maybe I was puttering about or something. Or maybe I came into it like a second late. But holy crap. That opening video package was great. I think maybe also especially knowing what was going to happen throughout the course of the show because there were some, there was myriad surprises. There was a yep. ton of surprises. Yes. Um, so a great opening package. We went right into it with uh, Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan. Yes. A couple of people on Twitter were sort of dogging uh, Lars Sullivan's uh, intro music. He has a new entrance, too. He did not show us behind. Oh, I know. What did you think about okay, it? Was, so it, was, it, was, it was reminiscent of Baron Corbin's original. Yeah, entrance. I know. I know. I mean, I like it. You know why I like it? Okay, here's the thing. So I'll never, I'll never not love him coming out and showing his ass to everybody. And in fact, I love that my love for that is so uh, it has been so pronounced that on Twitter I got a lot of my my Twitter blew up mm. with our friendos out there saying I can't believe this. I'm very disappointed. I know Steve is too. No, Lars Sullivan coming out, showing his asshole to everybody. His buttocks. His buttocks to everybody. you got to watch the curse words. His posterior, his b-hole. Yes. You're right, I'm sorry. Um, to everybody. And uh, But I actually, in terms of like drama, this comes off a lot cooler. Oh, yeah. Because definitely. here's the thing. It's just him. Yeah. There's like no movement. He's just there. Well, no, he does the same things he did before, but his back was to the camera, so he didn't initially see it. Right, I know, but he actually, he holds there for a moment. Yes, he does. Before he does any of like that. I said, it's, it's, very, just, it's very reminiscent of Baron Corbin's old entry. And it's just, it is, but even with Baron Corbin's, it wasn't a full, this is a full body shot, and reminiscent of Corbin's, it's got a red light just on him, mm-hmm. so it's nothing but a red Lars Sullivan, mm-hmm. and you just get to soak him in, and that's what you need to and do. What did uh, more of an L.O. call A Jack Kirby creation come to life, perfect which was my favorite Moro line, maybe perfect ever. Descri- per- that per- is perfect description. Super obscure. Um, and then he says, we can all marvel at him, and I'm like, oh, Moro, that's good. That's really good. Good puns there. Steve Aver's still blocked by him on Twitter. Anyways. Um, Anyways, this is a decent enough match. No, um, this was a good match. Cassius Ono came in with some uh, Duke University-inspired gear. Yeah, I saw that. No Sacramento Kings gear, unfortunately. But nonetheless, uh, I don't know what, how Ono does it, but all his kicks and elbows sound devastating. Yeah, I know. If you just close your eyes and listen to the match, you'd think that Lars Sullivan got knocked out several times. Yeah, I know. It's very stiff. My favorite, my favorite to this day is the Cesar Bononi one, to the back he of the head. He kind of did that to, to Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Lars was standing up. Yeah. He'd give him a form of the back of the head. When you drop like a... It's, I, I imagine it's probably a special art dropping like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Because you have to fake like you're getting concussed, essentially. Pretty much. You know I mean? And you got to feel comfortable landing on that mat, which isn't soft. Yeah. 
You have to go like, like you're <clears throat> like a sack of potatoes. You can't brace yourself with your arms. No. You just have to fall. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah. I mean, the story. This is basically catches one of the knockout artists. He uses that devastating elbow and his knee strikes. Yes. And uh, he kicks. He and kicks. And he fed, fed, fed Lars his entire arsenal multiple times. And Lars basically, although he was shaken, he was never stunned. Well, there's that whole sequence where Lars just no sold everything. Yeah. And then led to Lars winning with his finisher, which I guess is called Freak Accident. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, no, it was a really fun match. I loved it. I can't, I can't get enough of Cassius Ono matches. Yeah. I, I still I still don't know what the plan is for Cassius Ono. It'd be, it'd be a total shame. How long was Joe in NXT before he won? Because I had kind of the same feeling with Joe. I was like, are they just bringing Joe in just to be Joe in NXT for like two years? And I never, I never, I never was convinced... Because I never really knew what their plan, their full plans were for NXT. But I was like, I could see them maybe bringing Joe in for just a period of time to lend some veteran heft yeah. to NXT. Yeah, so that was your speculation. So he debuted in NXT May 20th, 2015. And then he was brought up uh, January 30th, 2017 to Ross. Almost two so years. Almost two years. And then Cassisono has been around uh, less than a year now. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it was the end of <coughs> last year where he started getting out that he might be signing. Because he's late 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. He's up there. He's mid-late 30s. Yeah. Um, so I, my, my thing is this. I would love for him to have his time on the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, he's, th- okay, he's 37. I mean, AJ's 40. Um, you see AJ said in an interview that uh, a couple of years... He uh, might not wrestle. Yeah, because the, the dude is like, yeah, a couple of years from now, a couple of years, I'm 40 right now. I know. Yeah. Hey man, freaking, I'm sorry, but after that Brock match, he's the best in the world. Oh yeah, right now he's not. He's my number one. Jeez, to bring Brock to that kind of match. I know. Are you kidding me? I know. We all thought there's a part of me that thought AJ had a shot. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We did that review yesterday. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. Uh, D-R-E-A-M, please. What, 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 a, what a great, great bit of storytelling in this match. This is my, I'm, I'm probably just going to call it right now. Friend of Orger coming up. We need to get those compiled. Yes. yes. My yes. Fav, my personal favorite feud of the year. Yeah. Right here. Because the storytelling, it's, it's, it's so simple, yet so effective. We've had, what, three or four promos maybe? A couple of run-ins on matches? Like less than eight encounters, less than oh, seven yeah. encounters between these two, and then to pick this match, and I called it exactly right because I know storytelling. Okay, Alistair Black picks up the win. Velveteen Dream gets the win because he gets what he wants. Yes, acknowledgement, validation. Yes, from Alistair Black. But still, even knowing all that, it was so damn good. It was, and it was it was full of surprises. Let's um, talk about Dream's uh, freaking gear. Hold on. There's something before that I want okay. to mention that made note of. Okay. Um, I think pretty much since uh, Alistair Black debut, they've been billing him as 205 pounds. Not at TakeOver. 215. Nice! Woo! So, right on, man. I didn't even know. Good job noticing And that. then uh, maybe it's just because they said that. He looks like he's filling out a little bit. Yeah, I kind of noticed his upper that, body. too. Yeah, yeah I kind of noticed that, too. His chest a little too. broader. Yeah. His arms look a little larger. Um, next, yes. Uh, Velveteen Dream came down to the ring with some chaps on. Unzip those chaps. 
And a very sexy dance. Yeah. yeah. And then unveiled perhaps the most uh, incredible, majestic uh, ring pants I've ever seen. There is something. And it's, it, I, I, love, I love that they were able to nail what his gimmick should be so perfectly. And now we're beyond just, oh, he's... Like, they take the tiny bit of inspiration with Prince, with the Prince thing, because it's obvious it's an homage. Yes. Or and, at least it initially began as that. Yeah, and, and superficially, you could totally see it. But with this feud, they've expanded it to be something so much more. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not even that you can... That it's so tangible that you can say, oh, he's this, this, and this. It's just you have more of his of of who he is mm-hmm. as a as a character, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it was kind of all out there on his pants. There's something about his face when he looks in the camera and they go in close up, and he had that great pompadour. Oh, he also I love his his, his sunglasses with the, the yeah, third eye lens. Yeah, it's so good. But when he looks at you in that camera, and then he's got like the crazy muscular body, but lean, that there's something so perfect mm-hmm. for the man playing the character mm-hmm. that fits in with the character. Mm-hmm. They got it exactly right. Yeah, and those saying those those pants kind of embody all that. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's doing you know the the Rick Rude inspired thing. With he pants. is. But he's taking it to a next level. Right. Exactly. So on one leg. He has himself airbrushed. Uh-huh. On the other leg is Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. On the uh, the rear end yeah. has the NXT logo. Yeah. But across the front waist it says "Say my name." Yeah. I mean, he has feud inspired pants. stuff. He has feud pants. Yeah, it's inspired stuff. <laughs> it was so good. Literal feud pants. I I really want to get. I gotta find out. I gotta find a place. Some people were tweeting at me. Oh, to airbrush you, pants like that. Me. Going in raw. Logo on the rear end. And then on the, what was the front be? Hey, friendos? Something like that? Cross the waist. Cross the waist. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You got to get that done. See, uh, but nobody ever sees my bottom half no. on the show. Same here. Yeah. So I don't know when, I'll, when I'd ever we'll use We'll do a those. show without the table here. Standing up. Just standing up, yeah. Yeah, even on daily, they don't see our bottom half. Right, exactly. These days, I don't even tuck in my shirt. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, oh, continuing. Great match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and started off in surprising fashion. Um, Alistair Black, during his brief tenure so far in NXT, is known as, uh, as the show's preeminent striker. Yeah. But this whole boxing background. Beginning yeah. part of this match was all technical wrestling, and yeah. Alistair Black having a technical uh, response <coughs> to whatever Velveteen Dream threw at him, and it was great. They made... Matt-based technical race wrestling, captivating. So much of this, too, was, and I'm not taking anything away from Aleister Black, but so much of this was Velveteen Dream's selling, selling ability. Yeah. He's so athletic. I've never seen anybody combine athleticism in his selling mm-hmm. quite like this before. It was fantastic. Like, the takedowns, even the arm bars. Yeah, he was, like, doing full-on bumps every time he just kind of got twisted over. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. So even, yeah, like an arm drag, mm-hmm. when the way the Dream sold it, Looked it made it seem impactful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, along with that technical wrestling, there's a lot of awesome character work. Mm-hmm. Um, that part where Alistair sat in the middle of the ring, uh, Velveteen Dream was getting on about saying his name, got frustrated, sat down across from him, and then Alistair Black kind of crawled up to him. It was that moment of stuff. it was that moment of recognition where he had he realized he had to change his game because shouting and it all goes back it all goes back to when Alistair Black said I don't I'm not going to pay any mind to a child who's throwing a tantrum essentially I'm paraphrasing he said it much cooler than I did and Velveteen Dream in that moment was being a child throwing a tantrum and he realized 
I have to get in his head a different way. And so he did the sit-down thing. And Alistair Blank said, well, that's not going to work. So he did the slither thing. The only annoying thing is that the TV direction yeah. missed it. Yeah. Like, they cut to, they, like, they're on a close-up of uh, uh, Velveteen Dream. And then he goes, <gasps> he gets shocked face. And I'm like, the hell? And then you see the last little bit of Alistair yeah. crawling towards him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're, they, they were two, that two and they the finish of the match, yeah. too. Um, At least for the the finish, they replayed it. Yeah, so that. Um, but there's after after kind of that feeling out process, a lot of mind games. Um, uh, Velatine Dream starts mounting some offense. Yeah, hits the, his Death Valley Driver somersault, uh, or sorry, cartwheel mm-hmm. combination, which is great. Alistair kicks out of that, and then what was that DDT? The Velatine Dream did setting up like Sister Abigail position. Yeah. Wrapped his arm around this way and like twisted him over for a DDT. I yeah. had never seen that before. Yeah, that was insane. That, that was, was awesome. Because the thing is, he's got the 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 reach mm-hmm. to do something mm-hmm. weird like that. Because mm-hmm. usually, you know, he got little tiny arms like me. But you got like you know, like his arms are like twice my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wraps it around. Crazy. It's like Anderson Silva. Nobody ever beat that guy because he had like the reach that was like he can be like way back here. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Backpedaling and then you, he punched you and it was for anybody else would be like the power of somebody's yeah jab jab exactly yeah. Um, then towards the finish, uh, Velveteen Dream got uh, tied up in the ropes. And um, his reaction to that was great, too. Yeah, hearkening back to uh, uh, was it two, three weeks ago when we did the same to Alistair Black. And he actually mm-hmm. did that to Alistair earlier on in this match. Um, Alistair hit him a couple times. Uh, Velveteen Dream was getting out of the ropes, starting to kind of come to, was mm-hmm. saying, say yeah. my. Got hit with the black mask. Mm-hmm. Alistair Black gets the pin. Boom. Uh, after the match, Alistair... Gets on the mic and just says, "Enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream." I mean, it was just it was the the whole character bit between the two, because he sits down and he has the mic, and you know it's coming, but like Velveteen Dream is next to him. It reminded me of the bit between Gargano and Ciampa mm-hmm. at the end of their Cruiserweight Classic mm-hmm. match, how they both like you know sat down next to each other and sort of hugged. It's such a I mean it's it's something you don't see very often in pro wrestling. It's a you know when you're sitting. When you're sitting down next to somebody and that person is in pain because he's just been killed by a black mask, there's a, there's a vulnerability there, yes. you know? It's yes. like a moment of softness. And he gets on the mic and he says that. He says, enjoy your, what do you say? Enjoy, enjoy infamy, infamy, Velveteen Dream. And he looks at him when he says it. And uh, and then, yeah, Velveteen Dream's reaction was great. You know, he's still selling the injury, but at the very end of, you know, right as Alistair Black is going up, you see like a little smile on his face. Yeah. So uh, just... Really fantastic stuff. I mean, honestly, that was. I mean, the War Games match was so different and so goofy. This this was probably my match of the night. Yeah. Um, well, the War Games stuff was just so ridiculously brutal. It was brutal and overbooked and 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 crazy and stupid and funny. High spot after high spot after yeah, high right. spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, next up, Sanity was, was just uh, backstage, and William Regal walks up to him and just says something. It's no audio, so I don't know what he says. Wait a second. It was Undisputed Era. That happened... No, this one was Sanity. Oh, was that... It hadn't happened a couple times. That's weird. I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. When was the Undisputed Era one? Later on, just to make note of it. Pretty sure it was Sanity. Okay. Well, there might have been one of those. 
Um, I saw the I only saw the undisputed era one, and I'm pretty sure. Okay, so we didn't have it. Was before this though. Okay, it was, it was in between. It. it was in between yeah, ours and Alistair Black. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, they uh, showed a shot of. I don't know why I went to this level of detail. Oscar and Funaki and Finn Balor sitting ringside. Yeah, it was great. It's always great to see NXT alumni. Yeah, I love it. Sitting ringside because later on we got Kevin Owens with the undisputed era shirt. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and, Joe, and then Samoa Joe was there too. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe likes good wrestling. He does. Yeah. Hey, did you get a chance to watch that Kevin Owens doc? No. It was good. See, you should watch it, and then we'll do a review of that. All right. Content. All right. More content. We're going to review every, like, documentary-style wrestling production now. Look, man, do you want those that, those, that money or not? <coughs> I think you do. I think you do. Anyways. Next. Uh, Fatal 4 match to determine the new NXT Women's Champion. Yeah. Nikki Cross versus Kyrie Sane versus Peyton Royce versus Ember Moon. Ember Moon 4. Says that in your oh, notes here. That's a typo. Mm-hmm. Another good match. Um, let's Fast talk, paced action. Let's talk about win face, loss face. Peyton Royce, man, she came out looking like a trillion, trillion dollars. Yeah, and, and they uh, put the thought, I think, in both our heads when uh, her and Billy Kay walk out. Yeah. And as Peyton Royce about to walk to the ring, she thinks with Billy Kay, Billy Kay pulls her inside and pretty much says, You could do this yourself. I loved it. That was fantastic. God, I loved it. And you can see on Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce's face, the the weight of the moment, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> they're the biggest match of her career oh, so yeah, far. Um, and you know, all the great work she's been doing with Billy Kay lately has led to this moment, and that's really that's something else. You know, it's really great to yeah. do that. Um, and you can tell the moment between. I mean, obviously they knew what Billy Kay was going to do, but the words spoken between the two of them seemed very genuine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a genuine moment. Here, I want to ask you about something because this kind of bugged me. Wait, hold on a second. What? Nikki Cross the sanity theme. What about it? Is it your number one yet for sanity themes? Or is prime sanity still Here's the best? thing. Here, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. This is what really bugged <laughs> me. Because I haven't noticed them doing this before. The way they shot sanities, all the members' entrance, bugged me. It was like this kind of, uh, you know, they're doing the zooms and the crazy pan yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember them doing that before. Yeah. It, it, instead of se- seeming chaotic, yeah. it seemed unrehearsed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. too much. Yeah. Especially Nikki Crosses for whatever reason. Yeah. Because, like, they were still getting cameras in positions when they were cutting back and forth. It felt like yeah. it was too much. All right. It was too chaotic. Oh, so I was concentrating on that and not her theme. Gotcha. All right. Well, keep an eye on that. Keep an ear out for that. Anyways, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, that was the point I was going to make. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I, you know, I didn't... I, I, I guess I just sort of... Uh, that sort of was relegated to the background at this point because, like, I don't know. She looks like such a badass when she comes out by herself, you know? And somebody captured, like, a great still... Of like the production, like the, the the LED screen behind her had like some smoke puffs, but they looked kind of like angel wings, and she was standing oh, between them. Oh, that's and it was it was a happy accident, but it looked yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, anyways, I don't know. I think she's great. Yeah, she is great. Freaked out Alabama when she was watching. She was like <laughs> monster. <laughs> was like pretty much. Um, Kyrie Stane looked great, but you know nothing abnormal there. Although I think they changed some her music. Yeah, bit? I thought they changed the music too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ember Moon came out. She looked great. I'm yeah. pretty sure she had win face on. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting her to win. Um, but there are some really great spots in this match. Mm-hmm. There are some really fantastic spots. The whole sequence where everybody hit their finisher and someone broke it up at the two count. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Gosh, that was awesome. What did you think about, let me ask you, what did you think about the Peyton Royce technically being on Nikki Cross on a pin? No, like, not a, no, she wasn't literally pinning. Yeah, yeah, but... Is a pinning had, situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ref should have counted that. It was forever, yeah. Yeah. Ref should have, or at least been like, I'm about to count, get up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they shouldn't ignore it. Yeah. This is developmental for refs, too. 
And a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, anyways, towards the end, towards the finish, um, we had uh, that sequence where everybody hit their finisher and then yeah. came in to break it up. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Royce was uh, bringing Nikki Cross up to do something, but they just sort of had their heads together. Yeah. You know, in obvious formation to take an eclipse, a double eclipse. But to watch the double eclipse was pretty impressive. Yes. It was pretty neat. I mean, you know what? The thing about Ember Moon is that you need some precision, but like she could just sort of do this a little bit and go by the person's head, and as long as the person sells yeah, with yeah, it, yeah, yeah. then There's you're good. A decent radius. Yeah. <laughs> as long as hands make yeah. contact with head, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's good. Uh, interesting that Peyton Royce is the one who rolled out and, and Nikki Cross yeah, ate the yeah, pin. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Mm-hmm. We both thought that uh, Peyton Royce was probably the one to eat the pin. Mm-hmm. So Ember Moon wins. Um, the Oscar comes in the ring. William Regal is about to present Ember with the belt. Oscar says, "No, I would like to do it." Yeah, nice moment between the two of them. Oh, it was very nice. It seemed very genuine. Yes, yeah. Kind of always, it kind of always feels like, oh, what could have been, what should have been, you know, like they really should have had like a couple more matches. I know, you know, like a the more two they had were few. great. Yeah, I know. Fantastic. Um, next. Andrade, Cien Almas versus Drew McIntyre. Shout out to the friendo with the fun wrestling shirt in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Still know who it was. Ooh, mystery. But I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a good design. Good looking design. Thank you. You did good. Thank you. Um, This was a really, 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 really fast-paced match. Is by far the best match Almas has had in NXT. Oh, yeah. I I feel like for the first time, this is the match where you got to see the full array of his abilities in ring. Well, I mean, they had to because Drew was so damn big. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one thing that they were able to cover up really, really well um, during the build-up to this. I mean, it makes me wonder if that's why they sort of implemented the story of almost not going face-to-face with him. To cover up the fact that Drew is massive. He is massive. But that being said, there was no issue with that during the match. I mean, until we got to the finish. Um, Because... Almost never took his foot off the gas pedal. Right, exactly. And so it was all just chopping Drew down and chopping him down. And, and yeah, this match was... And Drew was able to keep up. Oh, yeah. It was just constant offense from uh, from Cian Almas. Um, also, I mean, it's... Look, we, we both know La Sombra Almas was, you know, the founder, one of the founders of Los Ingobernables. Yeah. It is fun to watch. I, I, I noticed it. But for some reason, I noticed it in this match a tad more just how much of a proto-Naito he is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much of the Naito stuff in Cien Almas. Yeah, I know. And they're they're roughly the same size, and it just got me thinking, I mentioned this to you, I think on the live stream, that, like, if you want to know what a Naito match might look like in NXT with, you know, a bit more Lucha influence anyways, look at this match, Yeah, you know? I think Naito really uh, highlights that, that kind of... I mean, he's charismatic as hell. But he does it in such an aloof manner. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, and granted, I haven't seen um, what uh, almost his work in New Japan or CMLL. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I don't know if he did something similar. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of. I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with your general point, but I think that's the one thing that separates him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so is, is I think Naito really does the aloof. Mm-hmm. Thing a lot more than at least almost has shown in NXT. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of they've kind of made that into. And that's part of his story. It's not, I mean, there's, there's the party stuff, but there's also just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, blase attitude in the ring, yeah. you know, um, that he sort of had to fight against. 
But uh, I don't know. It just gets me. It gets me thinking. Like I don't know. I, just, I, I love Naito. I just, I'm not sure I'd ever want to see him in WWE. I'm just, I'm just not sure how how he, his thing would translate. Yeah, over no. here, well, I know? mean, it, there's there's two aspects to it. I think it would translate okay because when we went to the granted, it's a small sample size. The New Japan shows in Long Beach, he got one of the louder pops. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's Omega, him, and Okada got the loudest pops. Yeah, easily. So I think it, it, the gimmick would translate here. Whether WWE would let him do things how he's been doing them in, in New Japan, I think that's the larger issue. Well, that's a no. But also, the way WWE does their stories, mm-hmm. that's, I think, a huge issue because you can kill a guy with, oh, yeah. you know, the sometimes with the WWE presentation of their stories. Or like what they're doing with Nakamura right now. Like what they've done with a lot of people, yeah. you know. Well, that's Brad Nakamura. Cause he's a <laughs> but no, that's, that's, our, no, Japan, that's the best, pretty much you know, relegated to the mid-card. Yeah. And I don't still understand why he was eliminated first last night, but whatever. Yeah. We'll get to that. During our uh, Survivor Series recap. Yes. Or we did talk about that during our Survivor Series recap. Back to Almas versus Drew McIntyre. Fun match. Uh, Drew kicked out of the Hammerlock DDT. Yeah. Ooh. Uh-oh. That was his finisher. That's yeah, almost his finisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, McIntyre hits Claymore. Mm-hmm. And almost put his foot on the ropes. Boy, that was like a razor-thin margin. Too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk about the, the spot to finish it. I've been doing some research into things. Yeah, okay. Much as I can. So almost, or sorry, uh, Drew is up in the top rope. Uh, uh, almost kind of pulls him off, so his feet are just on the ropes, kind of like what Orton does with his draping DDT, but it's off mm-hmm. the top rope. DDTs him. Drew holds on to the top rope, from what I understand, too long. So Taz tweets about mm-hmm. it. A bunch of wrestlers tweet about it. As oh. soon as I saw the spot, he's like, tore his bicep. Oh, wow. Because he held him the top rope too long on the way down. Mm-hmm. I guess he just probably just mm-hmm. pulled the muscle off the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, one with that. Shocking win for Almas. The only thing I'd find uh, about whether that was the intended finish was on Cage Side Seats, the rumor roundup thing today. Said, yes, Almas was booked to win. Really? Yeah. Because of a Drew Collin, do we know? Yeah, that's what they speculated. Wow. That's not terribly surprising. I mean, Drew Drew, there's, Drew has no business sticking around. Anything. And it, for, for a couple different reasons, he's obviously ready for prime time like yesterday. He yeah. was on the main roster a while ago. But... The people they're bringing in are so small compared to him. You need a level playing field, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. it's like I know there are people out there who tweet at us and say in our comments, you know, it's pro wrestling. The big versus small thing doesn't matter. Look at AJ versus Brock last night. But when you have so many people on one level, like physically, it just doesn't make sense to always have to be dancing around the idea that they're so much smaller. Because they did that here with Almas, you know, mm-hmm. and it was effective. Mm-hmm. They danced around. They like they they made the build. Drew is massive. He's huge. Yes. He's a huge human being. And he can be, he can be, within a year, he could be monster status. Oh, yeah. Because we always talk about there's Braun, Brock, Roman. Joe kind of is monster-ish. There's the big bastard monster guys that Drew would fit right in with because yeah. he's huge. Yeah. I mean, he's a couple inches taller than Lesnar. Yeah. Because he's, what, 6'6", six, six, I think? Six, six, he's yeah. like 6'6". Six, six. Brock is like 6'3". Yeah. I mean, I'll be looking down at Brock. Yeah. And so you've got all these other guys, and even Alistair Black is six feet. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be towering above Adam Cole, Almas, and all these other guys. I don't know how tall Almas is. We looked that up. Oh, no, no, he's, uh, he, Almas is 5'10". Really? Naito's 5'11". Um, and then all of Undisputed Era, I think, is 5'11 also. Almas, 
looked taller than that against Drew, I thought. Yeah, I know. When you're 6'6 six, six versus 5'10, it, 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 it didn't look like did that much. It did not look no. like that much. No. But they, you know, based on almost the style, I think they picked the right guy to take that title off. Oh, Drew for sure. Absolutely. Because he can keep that pace up. Yeah. Adam Cole isn't known to, to wrestle that fast with yeah. pace, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, there is an element of Drew. This works for a couple reasons. Number one, what you just said. Number two, there's an element of Drew where you could make the case that his self-assuredness maybe on some level gets him to look past his opponent. I mean, they never explicitly said it. It was never a thing. But you can kind of read into it given the condescending way he, not condescending, but the way he kind of talks down to Zelina Vega. Hey, Zelina, how you doing? I told you. I told you three times. He sort of treated almost almost like a pest. Mm-hmm. And when you look past somebody, you're in danger of losing to that person. Yeah. And again, that wasn't part of the story, but that's how I looked into it. And when you have somebody who's so big fighting somebody who's so small, I think it's a natural conclusion that you can come to. Yeah. You know, this guy's so small, you can look past him. You can literally look over him. Um, so, and the, and the look on his face, I know it was, I just tore my bicep. Oh, yeah. But... In character, in universe, you can also read it as, I can't believe I let that guy do that. Yeah, well, it's a little disappointment, regardless mm-hmm. of what <laughs> inspired it. Right, exactly, yeah. It seemed genuine, because it was genuine. Yeah. I know, as soon as that he, he hits the mat, um, as almost as getting pinned on him, I feel like he, he did this. Mm. As soon as the pinfall was counted, you he, can see he it starts looks, grabbing over to yeah, it. Yeah, it looks wonky. And so he's sitting in the ring, and he's got both his arms bent. And on his left bicep, there's a hunk of muscle mm. up here. And his right bicep didn't look the same way. Yeah. So he probably tore his... I mean, I'm no medical doctor, but... Yeah. Seems like he might have tore his bicep. Which is a bummer. That's probably, what, six months on the shelf? Yeah. So we're talking after mania. Yep. A bummer. What are we in November? It'd be May. Yeah, I mean, they might be able to bring back bring him out the Raw after mania. Yeah. Not the right, promo stuff. But yeah. for promo stuff, yeah. yeah. War well, games. He'll get a huge pop, too. Oh, yeah. War games. War games. It was ridiculous. This was so stupid. It was brutal. I, I lo- look, but it was I loved, fun. I loved every second of it. It was so beyond stupid, but it was so much fun. Here's the thing. That, there's one thing that bothered me, and mm-hmm. it seemed completely unnecessary. The, the, the stipulation, the rule that no one can get pinned until everybody's in the ring. Yeah. Why make that a thing? Oh, I like that. Because <laughs> was, it, was, was that an original War Games thing? I don't remember. But then Moro saying, this match doesn't actually start until everybody's in the ring. It's like, just don't mention it. If people go for a pinfall, I mean, you could work around that. Yeah. It just added an additional detail that seemed completely superfluous. Well, okay, here's the thing. I, I, I'm i okay with that. But in terms of uh, details and rules, that ridiculous screenshot, that just added to oh, the ridiculous. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That screenshot of all the rules. Yeah. I even tweeted about it. It was so dumb. I was like, I, what is this, a freaking essay after yeah, now? Just w- to get w- in this w- match? Please do that, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> that being said, okay, so what did you think? Can you do, off the top of your head, can you do Undisputed Era Gang Sign? It's, uh... Oh, they cross hands? This. Yeah, they cross hands. So this guy goes up like this. Yeah, it's like, like a this. backwards too sweet. Okay, like this. Yeah. Can I do it? Undisputed And then Era. the Wolfpack sign. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell came up with this? Probably okay, Adam Cole. Was <laughs> Probably Adam Cole. Okay, it's been a really cool gang sign. Okay, where are we even freaking starting? I will that? say that this match uh, was uh, an absolute star-making turn for Killian Dane. Oh, for sure. 
And it finally gave Adam Cole a really good platform to show off his personality. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's funny? I, I need to watch more Adam Cole matches because the one he had against Roderick Strong, and I know Roderick Strong is friggin' 105 in my book, but Adam Cole can put on really, really good matches. And I'm trying to figure out why. Doesn't do high spots. Well, fuck, he did a, sorry. He did a suplex off the top freaking off the cage. So there was that. But uh, he, he like he he gets by by force of personality yeah. and super kicks. Yeah. But man, he can put on some good matches. Yeah. He can sell really. Maybe he doesn't. He just sell really well. He sells well. He's a decent storyteller. He's yeah. a good storyteller. He's got a massive personality. Dude, if you can sell really well, if you can make people believe that you're hurting, and you're a good storyteller, you can understand pace and build. Yeah. Oh man. Psychology yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. He understands all that. Anyways, Undisputed Era is the first team in, which meant that. Oh well, first of all, Adam okay. Cole, Roderick Strong, and and Eric Young start. Uh, Roderick Strong was cosplaying as a member of Authors of Pain. That was a bit much. That was so. Because here's the thing. He had the dumb doily over his head, right? And so he comes out. And he, he literally looks like he doesn't know. He's like. Yeah, he's kind of wandering out as if he can't see. Because first, Authors of Pain and Paul Ellering come out. Right. And then Ellering looks behind him to the ramp or the entranceway, and out kind of stumbles Roderick Strong. <laughs> like he can't get that yeah. towel off his head fast enough, or whatever it was. Like, dude, you, he looks like a little kid cosplaying as AOP. He you posted really that picture does. of what? You had a blanket yeah. or a hand towel on your head? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I make myself laugh sometimes. Anyways, um,. I thought that was hilarious, but it was awesome. But it was so it was so cool because it's goofy. Yeah. And wrestling sometimes is just at its best when it's being kind of goofy like that. I know. Like it's that's not taking yourself too seriously. No. He had to look at himself. I guarantee backstage, Adam Cole cracked a joke about him looking like a junior author of pain. You know. I know. Anyways, I wonder if Roger Strong tried to look at himself in the mirror with that thing on his head and couldn't see through it. Probably. They were probably cracking up. Probably. I'm sure all these guys get a kick out of each other. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so then comes Sanity. They're all in a shark cage. What is it? How does it work again? So uh, one member of each team oh, starts okay. off the match. So we had Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and Eric Young. Mm-hmm. And the remaining two members of the, uh, of the other teams, or each of the teams, stand in a shark cage. And every five minutes, uh, one, of the, teams one of the teams is released from the shark cage. Yes. So after five minutes... Of of just beating each other up, undisputed era. Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly come in the ring. Yeah. So they have five minutes to do as much uh, damage on Eric Young and Roderick Strong as they can. Right. Exactly. Second, Authors of Pain. Um, there's that great bit where Authors of Pain were throwing everybody from one ring to the <coughs> other. That was awesome. And then they used Roderick Strong as a weapon. Yes, a projectile. And then threw him and everybody else. That was fantastic. Ring. That was awesome. That was great. There's a lot of really good creative spots. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But it was no, like you said, it was very, it was very creative. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sandy is the last team released from the shark cage. How did you like Alexander Wolf with the with, with the, the baton. baton? That was great. It like it was the it was one of the ones that like Tele- uh, telescopes. Yeah. Telescopes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it comes in. I was like, oh my god. That was great. That was fantastic. I kind of wish he had boshed before he started hitting people with that. Something <laughs> that could have been added to it. Um, so he brings the baton. Demo starts throwing in chairs and oh, kendo sticks great. and a chain. The so crowd awesome. starts chaining the tables. He obliges, yeah. pops yeah. the tables in the ring. Um, and then there's a stretch where it was it was the Killian Dane show. Oh, there man. was that dropkick senton. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. That, that was, was so awesome. Cool. There was the uh, Mishinoku driver mm-hmm. that he did on Adam Cole onto Bobby Fish. Yeah, that was good. Um, and then, of course, kind of culminated in his coast to coast. He went coast to coast. That's crazy. What did you think when you saw that? 
Because we talked, somebody mentioned yeah, on the stream that spot. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Huh? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. <laughs> I mean, once he put the the garbage can in front of Kyle O'Reilly's head, it was like, oh, is he going to do coast to coast? Right, right, right. Because Adam Cole is in the top term or the top of the cage at that point, kind of clinging to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, he looks up at Adam Cole. He's like, is he going to throw Adam Cole off there onto Kyle O'Reilly? Mm-hmm. But he was, he was just talking trash. Got a yeah. top turnbuckle and did it. I'm like, yeah. Hats off, Damo. No kidding. You're a star today now. For the, sure. Uh, uh, Authors of Pain hit a super collider. On, they were on... Uh, and then in each ring. Yeah, and Damo was in the middle. Was in the middle. Right. And they took Fish and O'Reilly and did super collider onto the Killian Dane. That was fantastic. Um, um, Alexander Wolf uh, put a big old hole in his head. Doing a German suplex through yeah, table. like he got shot in the head, man. Yeah, that was a lot of huge. blood. That was a lot of blood. So one of the authors of paid members, they didn't mention which one, um, through a table, two tables, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a huge gash in his head, blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, then Adam Cole, for the longest time, was hanging out on top of the cage. Yeah. He stands up like as you do a spot, gets a, a massive Adam Cole bit <laughs> up there. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> he looks down and is like, mm. well, then Roger Strong's looking back at yeah. him. And he's like, ooh. Yeah. He starts to get down. Roger Strong scales the, the top of the cage. The crowd starts chanting, please don't die. Yeah. Because it was seemed very uncertain They were there. taking their time. They were taking their time. Doing things every frankly. foot where it belongs. Yes. Adam Cole is holding on for dear life yes. to the... Cage, uh, Waiting for everybody to get positioned down in the ring. Yeah. Roderick Strong superplexes Adam Cole off the top of the cage onto everybody. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And then Adam Cole kicks out at <laughs> yes. two. That was great. That was great. Oh, wait, wait. Did we mention the, uh, I didn't see it in your notes, with the great symmetrical camera shot? Oh, yeah, yeah. After the off of the pain powerbomb, everybody else. Yeah. Adam Cole sitting there on the, on the ring post. Right. Kind of reveling in it. And you have, so, like, the camera guy is on one side in the middle. Yeah. And so you've got, like, sort of these, uh, you know, the, the ring ropes leading towards Adam Cole. And he's sitting on the... And you're shot. And he's sitting ring on posts, top of yeah. both ring posts. And the Authors of Pain are coming for him, but then everybody else goes after the Authors of Pain, and they all end up with one of those big, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Power bomb, power bomb, suplex things. Yeah. Off the ropes, and Adam Cole's just sitting and there. And Adam Cole just sits there. Realizes. And he has a big old smile after he realizes that... Every like he just survived the storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great. It was fantastic. Um, and then Adam Cole got a pin on Eric Young. Oh, how'd you like that bit where uh, Kyle O'Reilly gives himself an unprotected headshot? Oh, that was funny. Off the ropes, and like that. That was great. That was pretty funny. Uh, Adam Cole got the pin on Eric Young with the Shining Wizard. Eric Young got a chair up to try to hit Adam Cole or something. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole did a Shining Wizard on it, got the pin. Yeah, undisputed error. Your winners of War Games. Yeah, surprisingly, there was no uh, no Roderick Strong. Uh, I think once you're in that Authors of Pain outfit. You're off as a pain for I mean, life. In a in a match like this, there's not a really there's not a real great way you can swerve. I mean, I guess you could. Was when was Mr. Perfect's NWO swerve on the horseman? Was that a War Games match? It was in a yeah, yeah, it was, I think it was, it was War, War Games, Games match. Um, so I guess you can, but given that you know you've got all these time uh, marks, yeah, that are happening, it's kind of difficult to justify like beating the living crap out of somebody. We've talked about this before. How, like, swerves don't really make a lot of sense if you're, like, if it's at the end of a match and you've already beaten up a I guy. Know, I know, There's a lot of sequences between Cole and Strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone on Twitter, I can't remember who, when they were talking about the almost winning the belt, speculated that it'd be Roderick Strong getting the belt off him. I could see that. That would make sense. And leading to a Cole-Strong feud for the title. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Totally would. Fun show. Yeah. NXT always delivers with these takeovers. Man, this was, I'm, I'm telling you, this was my, uh, this is my favorite of the year. 
Okay. This was totally my favorite of the year. All right. Because there was a lot of, I mean, just so much good stuff. That that War Games was so inspired by the kind of stuff that I just absolutely love. That sort of early 90s, mid-90s, weird WCW mm-hmm. stuff. They need to spin the wheel, make the deal. Right, exactly. Is that what it was? Yeah, spin the wheel, make yeah. the deal, yeah. Wait, why did you look at that? Because it's on that poster. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sasha. Yeah, sorry, Sasha. Anyways, that's it. Let us know what you guys thought of NXT TakeOver War Games in the comments below. Where's my out music? There it is. Should begin the music now. Anyways, that's it for now. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.